so today we're going to have a chat about um, race preparation. So how to prepare for race, so specifically the week, weekish before the taper period. Things like nutrition, things like where you'd want your training today RTT score to be, or you know moving towards. Um, what happens if it doesn't go as planned? Um, you know, so indicators that might knock that backwards. And then I think you've put some notes in to do as well about travel and familiar surroundings. And then also, I think we it might be worth just touching as well on the race day, you know, what sort of, you know, how that's going to go, because there's some interesting things there, depending on the type of race you go in, isn't it? And also what sort of, you know, what you might expect your uh, training today score to do possibly. And then post-race, what you're expecting uh, to see in terms of your training today scores and just generally, you know, what sort of activities and things you should be doing post-race. So, and just put this in the context of a race I've just done, which, you know, wasn't a major, a main sort of race for me, it was part of the, my training really, but a half marathon in Reading, where I had a sort of, had a, I've had a bit of ongoing illness. And so the patterns and the, the lead up to that wasn't perfect. And so it might be worth sort of just talking about that as well. But do you want to just start with just a um, general discussion about, you know, race preparation and tapering? Mm. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, it, it's quite a nice um, situation that we find ourselves in where we've got a real example to talk about and yeah. um, and also a real example where, well, without ruining the, uh, re- without ruining the story, one where perhaps it didn't quite go as, as, as we wanted it to go. So that, you know, that's yeah. quite good in terms of providing a bit of context. Yeah. Um, the, as, as always, the answer to the question of what makes a good taper for an athlete is, is it, it really depends on the athlete to a large extent. Um, but broadly speaking, you know, you, you would expect to see um, a reduction in volume um, in the in the week uh, in terms of training, a reduction in volume in the week leading up, or certainly in the week, maybe a bit more depending on the athlete, um, leading up to the event. Um, and then, uh, but also keeping in a little bit of the intensity to make sure the energy systems in, in their body are, are still active and, and where you want them to be so that when they start that race on Sunday morning or Saturday morning or whenever it might be, it's not too much of a shock to the system, basically. Um, yeah. So you're trying to keep them primed and ready to race whilst giving them um, the the amount of recovery um, and the fuel they need for that recovery uh, during that taper period. Um, so they hit the line at 100%. That's always the plan, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. You did mention about the fact that, it was, you know, that, that particular race last week wasn't an, a, what we might call an A race for you. Um, yeah. And that does factor in as well. You know, a lot, a lot of athletes and um, a lot of age group athletes now will will do races and and sort of label that race as a as a training event rather than as a as a key event for them. Uh, yeah, and that also impacts then how you how you adapt the time before. Yeah, although it's still hard, isn't it? If it's if it is an event, it's going to be different no matter what you sort of label it to a certain degree because you're mm-hmm. going to have the adrenaline of the event and the sort of occasion no matter what you do, really. It's, it's, I suppose it's, it's quite hard to just go out and not get caught up in that a little bit. And I know on the race mm-hmm. on Sunday, I think I went out a bit fast. Uh, so, you know, and I felt sort of felt that possibly. But although not too <laughs> a bit fast by my standards. That is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did, uh, yeah, it, it was, I think, um, then there was, might be other things because my pace did gradually uh, you know, it definitely wasn't a negative uh, split on on that race, was it? It was 
which I, it was mm. decreasing throughout. So, but well, anyway, it yes, pretty, so, it, it was a pretty solid run actually. But we'll come we'll yeah. to that a bit maybe. Yeah. But the, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a whole area there to investigate, into, which perhaps isn't for today, about the psychology of the athlete you're working with as well. You know, in, in terms of, yeah. um, you know, it, it really does impact things like motivation and confidence. If an athlete goes into an event, even if you know between you you've made an agreement that it's a, a so-called training event, um, yeah. you know, then some athletes will will still take on board that performance and and yeah. make comparisons and and you know, that camp, that camp. So you've got, you really, you know, these things are all really important for some athletes. Yeah. It's not really such thing as a training event. Because yeah. the reality is they want to perform when they're in that environment. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's got to you do it right. So basically you're, you know, we should be reducing the intensity, but you still have some sessions that are, have some mm. intensity in them, but of a shorter duration. Is that, is yeah, that good? absolutely. And that, yeah. that is to, that is really just to keep your, energy systems awake and to keep them active and keep everything functioning at the level you want it to function and that you know again different athletes will have different rest periods different you know some some athletes like a rest day just before the event so they will literally yep. have the day before the event as a complete rest day um other athletes will have a rest day two days before the event and a little bit of activation yep. work on the day before um, yeah. And it really does depend, and it's something that to experiment with as an athlete. It's something to experiment with. You know what works best for you. Um, yeah. And that, but that's just one variable, and then you got to throw in all the others. So whether you know what kind of nutrition they take into the event and that kind of thing. Yeah, and also the, I mean, the common myth about nutrition, which we spoke about before, really about you know sort of carb mm. loading, your isn't necessarily such a thing nowadays, is it? Into, well, you know, three days card loading ahead of the event type thing. No, it, um... I mean, what's what's important is that you've topped up your glycogen stores in your big muscle groups, um, and right. how you do that. You know that the 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 athletes' digestive systems are all different, um, and yeah. the way that people deal with that amount of uh, you know, so that that certainly certainly we I wouldn't advocate um, three plates of pasta the night before a race. I just yeah yeah um, the, the Broadly speaking, yes, uh, I mean, um, as we did talk about this before, didn't we? But, you know, moving to lower, shorter chain carbohydrate as you approach the race is a, is a reasonable plan. So going from, yeah. you normally... I mean, if you're doing less exercise that week as well, you probably should be eating, mm. you know, um, early. Yeah, and, I mean, no, I mean, you, no, probably not. And But you certainly want, you know, you want to be, as I said before, you want to be at 100%. Uh, so if yeah. you imagine... You know, so so being getting everything topped up is the key thing, um, and being yeah. ready to go. But you, there is a limit to how much um, you can store. Yeah. So there's no. As an aside, I don't know whether I've told. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you whether I've told you. I've signed up for the um, the Zoe thing, which is the uh, oh, microbiome yeah. testing, because uh, they basically do do a, a sort of range of tests. You do it at home, and uh, basically they're trying to. But, recommend food for your particular uh your microbiome your particular gut gut mm. your your colonies of gut bacteria basically because everybody's got different ones so I, that's sort of interesting to me i'm going to be intrigued to see what that comes up up with but um what's really interesting really anybody's um come across that it's called um uh, join zoe i think on on the on the website but basically it's a scientific they've done a lot of scientific you know uh research backed um by uh 
papers and all sorts of stuff. It seems mm. seems seems legit. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. Anyway, yeah, nutrition. So be interesting. Yeah, and then in terms of um, your uh, RTT patterns, obviously mm. during the taper week, you're expecting that to go just gradually increase, aren't you? And ideally, you want it at ten on race morning. Yeah, I mean that would be great in the sense that it it it, it um you know is is fundamentally measuring the quality of your recovery as you go through that yeah. period of time. So you know obviously you want that to be as high as possible um if you're about to race. We do know of course that other things impact it. And one of the key yeah. things before race is this idea of you know athlete anxiety is something that has a negative impact on heart rate variability. So it it's not uncommon actually to be for athletes to be quite at quite a high score towards the end of that week but then literally just before the event um sometimes takes yeah. a little bit of a dip um yeah and that you know that that can be reflective of other things having a negative impact on heart rate variability rather than perhaps uh, their physical recovery if you like yeah which is interesting i think because i think that's qu- a quite a common scenario we get on support um and something i think we you know we should move towards making clearer that mm. you know what and i think we, you know once we add, adding in we're adding in the, uh, the the sort of subjective feedback that helps with that because people will think about oh actually i've had a really horrible day or week at work and that could have affected that uh, which isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean even though my score might be low that the um mm. you know exercise is a is a bad thing to do at that point it's quite an interesting uh, one isn't it because, yeah. because the, the 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 score isn't the, the the score isn't lying, assuming the technology is working correctly, which which we assume it is. So the you know the the bottom line is it, it's about really educating people in understanding how to interpret it. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. It's the interpretation of that number and what it what it really is, and then trying to figure out why it's doing what it's doing. Um, and you know, as always, we talk about looking at broad patterns rather than putting too much emphasis on one specific number. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so now in terms of my week, then, do we want to talk about that at this point? So, mm. um, so I had that the half marathon on the Sunday, yeah, and I've had this illness, which is still a little bit going ongoing, sort of cold-like symptoms, which has made me feel a little bit fatigued and not being able to, to execute the more intense sets during training. But looking at the week before, so do you want to talk us through that? What, what you sort of yeah. So I mean, I, we we were we we were already aware that you weren't feeling a hundred percent at the beginning of the week, I think, and we we yeah. we'd been um, talking about it and we and looking at how you, you know, so the, this is a real combination of dialogue between us, uh, you know, uh, uh, me as a coach and you as an athlete, and really trying to understand how your body's responding and and you know what decisions we're going to take. But there were a few real markers i think one was um your your feedback your 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 yeah. um subjective feedback which was that you felt tired um and that something wasn't quite right and usually an athlete's intuition about something not being quite right is is usually right um yeah. uh, and then we saw this kind of gradual you know at, at, at a time when we would expect your um uh rtt score to be on the up because you were having more rest and less activity. Um, it, it kind of did do that at the beginning of the week and then you started to feel less good, I think, and yeah. started to take a dive. Um, 
so uh, and and the other the other marker that I think really really key was that there was a little bit of a rise in your resting heart rate as well. Yeah, yeah, which definitely. is uh, often a, a precursor. So it, interestingly, heart rate variability and uh, heart and resting heart rate are quite good early indicators of a of a slight illness coming on or illness yeah. coming on. Yeah. Um, but how much weight you put on it and how you interpret that is is always um, yeah. difficult. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I mean, it gradually went down, didn't, didn't it? I mean, I did that uh, bike set on the Wednesday when it actually was reasonably high. The score, I think, yeah, or yeah. something. And then, but after that, it, it, which seems to happen for me a bit, I think, if I am ill and you do a sort of tougher set, then it sort of impacts your you know quite a lot afterwards and drops and basically just gradually dropped so actually on sunday morning when i looked uh you know on the start line what the score was mm. i was at 0.8 which wasn't isn't ideal at all no um, idea. <laughs> but, um, but i think that perhaps the bigger teller was that, that even the day before on the saturday yeah with your uh, resting heart rate on the way up and heart rate variability conversely on the way down which is probably what you, well it is what you'd expect so the the it's not what you want, but it is what you'd expect those two yeah. things to, yeah. um, your, you know, your, um, even then your, your heart rate, variability, your RTT score was down at, well, lower levels than we would want it to be, um, yeah. for that, that of all the race. Um, yeah. so what was, so when you went into that, so as you, as you're standing on the start line and you are, um, looking at your, feeling how you're feeling and looking at your RTT score, what, what, what was going through your mind in terms of the race itself? Yeah, I mean, I think at that point, I just thought, well, I'm not going to dwell on that score, um, but I'm also not going to make this, which we knew anyway, wasn't going to be somewhere, somewhere where I was going to try and set a you know, P, PB or anything. Um, mm. It was a, wanted it to be a, a steady sort of run and a you know, reasonable um, tra training run, really, of a half marathon. Yeah. So... Um, uh, Reading is funny though. You got you got a long time to wait. I don't know whether you've ever done that half marathon, but because it's you go, you go, you start. You know, it's, it's based on the stadium, the football stadium, effectively. So you you start and run around the football stadium, but they line everybody up because there's I'm not sure how many's in it. There's a, thousands in the race, mm. um, and you all get different colour badges depict based on your ex, you know expected time, and they line you all up, and you actually you're you're standing there for maybe. Uh, it could be an hour actually before you actually start yeah. running so um you've got plenty of time to dwell on that sort of stuff and also get cold and they actually quite like this idea they tell you to bring along if you want like an old top and then you can just discard it just before you start running on the side of the road and they give all that to charity which i thought was a great idea because i've got loads of stuff i need to give to charity but it, that would be a that would take a long time to do it that way we'll probably just put the rest of it in a bag <laughs> rather than doing a half marathon every time um so yeah I was talking, <laughs> it's not the most efficient way to get you close to charity um well especially as they probably give you a jumper at the end of the race as well to say well <laughs> well yeah so um but anyway i ended up standing next to the two hour marker guy for some reason which is too which is a pace probably that was too fast for me at that point so um and I, I went with him to begin with and i think that was a bit that's why i've said a little bit earlier, i think it's probably a bit i was pushing it a bit too hard then because i was doing it based on that pace rather than me just sort of getting a nice steady pace but after in that race there's basically i think it's probably a three or four k and then there's a bit of a hill which is the big hill you know it's a um 
the only hill really, the big hill in in that race. And so he departed at that particular point and I just sort of started to maintain a sort of steady pace then. But I did notice, you know, throughout the race that my energy levels weren't where I'd want them to be. And I was feeling more fatigued as I went through it. And you can see that in the stats mm. and that, you know, the pace was dropping and that, uh, you know, my pack, because I was also wearing a stride power meter and the power, interestingly, was dropping th throughout the race as well, which is which is interesting to look at. What did you yeah. think when you, when you saw it? Well, I think the key, I, another key marker for me, if you look at the data coming out of the race, was that your um, heart your heart rate was was higher than I would expect yeah. it to be at the pace you were running. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've been working towards aiming at a pace where, um, for you know, to run a two-hour mar uh, half marathon, two-hour marathon, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, half marathon. Um, yeah. And, uh, and in you know, you're, you've been hitting those paces in training and it's and you've been on the up all the time. So, you know, it's pretty, yeah. pretty easy to see that on that day, your heart rate was definitely running at higher, higher levels than you would expect yeah. to the yeah. you were running. And that's, yeah. a, that's a, obviously a clear tell that, yeah. that, that something wasn't quite right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose there's a, there's a the big question then, you know, obviously it was still, a, it was still a very solid run and, that, you know, and, yeah. and in terms of the, bigger picture it's interesting you were saying about your thoughts on the start line in terms of the bigger picture going towards you know the iron man at the end of the year that's it, it it's a it's a well it's a it's a good session um yeah it, interesting that you said that you were you know you'd settled in your mind that it that you were treating it as a training run i know we we discussed that briefly in the week lead, lead yeah. up to the race, um that you know essentially you'd have to change your goals for that race because yeah. of what um yeah. and and did you feel you felt fairly comfortable with that and retrospectively you still feel fairly comfortable with that yeah yeah definitely yeah happy with that i mean i was still like reading is uh, got a place in my mind because i because i you know ran two two hours too so i've always wanted to just be mm -hmm. two hours on that, that particular half so i'll probably do it again next year and see how i'm feeling next year yeah yeah until I'm, until I'm that. That. but yeah, yeah it's not a, it's not a major thing yeah yeah, yeah, that's the best. That's the best approach. Yeah, yeah. Next year. Always and next it's a year. fun race because you do finish in the stadium, so it's you know yeah. it's sort of like a um, you know a grandstand finish. It's fun. Yeah, maybe I'll come and join you next year. I could do with yeah. two and a half. I don't want for a while. Um, yeah, cool. And 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 so let's um so post race, you've immediately finished the race. How yeah. did you? What was your initial feeling after that race in terms of? You know, how did your body react initially to the to the? the yeah, I mean, exertion. I think I was okay. I mean, I actually the facilities there were really nice, and I booked this sort of mm. bit where you, you could sort of go to this separate um, area in the ground, and it was sort of there was serving pasta and stuff. And I, know, I never understand why they always do pasta like the carbs after the race. You want <laughs> protein at that point, don't you? But it's like oh, pasta party, but. Um, I felt okay and also I had a drive because I drove, you know, I did it, it was on my own. So I had a couple of hour drive back as well. So, which I sort of stopped and um, grabbed some coffee on the way back. So I felt fine, to be honest, after that. Um, uh, but then, you know, then quite tired uh, once I'd got back home, I think. And, um, mm. and again, you could see that it had an impact and my RTT scores were low, you know, over those sort of periods 
grazing a little bit during sleep and then dropping again during the day. And I haven't done a lot have I this week in terms of sets because I've been feeling a bit low and I'm just thinking I want to make this, you know, get past this illness and not uh, make it last longer. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's right, and I think the um, you know it's really been up and down this week, hasn't it? And every time yeah. you feel a little better, you've tried a couple of things and it's uh, and taken taken the hit subsequently. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I think getting on top of it and um, keeping it, anything you do feel like doing super super easy. Yeah, um, I think it's a bit like it's interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday about post COVID protocols, um, right. and and you know again like all these things there is no such thing as a post-covid protocol that will work for every athlete that's just not not the case you know some people seem right. to be able to back from it really quickly yeah um others need them you know and, and and obviously we do know that some people are unfortunately uh, getting much longer term symptoms from it so you know it 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 is very much a case of feel taking it by feel taking it day by day as an athlete and um I think we mentioned, I said to you earlier, you know, you'll notice, you'll know when you're better because you'll suddenly realise you really weren't yeah. feeling great. Even though you don't feel yeah. really ill, yeah. there will be a point where you realise now you feel better and actually you did feel ill. Yeah, so I think it's, it's just like, isn't it? yeah. And I think the app does help a little bit in terms of, because I, you know, one of the patterns I've seen to recognise, as I've mentioned earlier, is that when I'm not 100%, it drops very quickly after any sort of, exercise or you know it rises at night when my body's recovering and then drops quite quickly in the day when it's sort of got a fight so that's an interesting sort of indicator for me because i think if, it, if i see it drop quickly like that then it's yeah. sort of you know it seems to be you know that when that when there's something i need to consider yeah and if you think about what that really means it means that a post that the that, that, that the measurement specific measurements that are happening post activity post intensity are really low because yeah. they're taking the average, the the, the twenty four hour average down, yeah, sufficiently to make it look not that great. So, yeah. you know, that's a that's that's a fairly decent indicator. I'd say that there's a fairly big hit happening because yeah. of the exercise. Your body's basically yeah. going fight or flight, and off it goes. Yeah, um, but I mean, so. generally, if if um, an athlete's sort of you know. For a hundred percent during the race, what sort of uh, post race? What sort of um, uh, plan would you typically have at that point? Is it um, um, you know depends, <laughs> of course, on the type of race, isn't it? But um, yeah. you know, after depends an Ironman, type, type race, type of athlete. But generally yeah. speaking, um, I, I'm a big fan of a bit of active recovery. So if it's yeah. a triathlon, then yeah. um, well, usually a very gentle spin on the bike. Yeah, um, tend to keep them off their feet, so not not running really, but um, yeah. But that's again, that's that's personal preference. Other coaches yeah. would agree with that, I'm sure. And um, a gentle swim is always really good because it's such you know it's yeah. a support body supported exercise, uh, yeah. all body exercise. Um, but low intensity, and you know that could <clears> be you know some sometimes that will be on the afternoon after the race, depending on the race. Other times yeah. it might be the next day. Um, yeah. If if uh, a, a lot of athletes seem to benefit quite a lot from a, a, a full rest day two days after the event rather than the day after. Oh, um, often seem, yeah. you know, again, varies athlete to athlete, but um, if the race is a Sunday race, often the Tuesday would be a, a full rest day. Um, yeah. yeah. But it really does depend and different people will give you different opinions, but that's, yeah. that's um, 
quite a nice way of doing it. And and then a gradual and again it depends on the purpose of the race and it depends on yeah. what's happening next. You know, where are the where's that athlete in their training cycle? What is their next big goal? How long away is their next big goal as to how, how you then bring them back to training? And it, it, it's different for different athletes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But normally normally, you know, after a big event, so a half iron man or an iron man certainly yeah. not be expecting to do a huge amount of intensity in the week after. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else you want to add? No, I think we could probably, uh, yeah, we're, we're, there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole load of, uh, things to, that we can talk about in terms of this. So maybe another episode at some point in terms of uh, yeah. race prep. Yeah. 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 I mean, my next, sure. I was just looking at my next sort of race is that virtual London marathon, which I think, again, that's just, that's purely training in my mind because that's, you can run it wherever you want and you actually, you can take 24 hours <laughs> to run it if you want. So yeah. that's more about me quite keen to do this this route that I always fancy doing along the river around here which is sort of you know you can make it into a marathon so yeah. it's quite fun then I've got the first triathlon in May and then a sportive then the first that's just that's a short sprint May one and then end of May is the first half distance in the, the outlaw in Nottingham yes and then yeah. Finland in July I'm born in uh, another one in July which is posted from last year, postponed from last year, and then Barcelona in October, which is the big, the big one I'm aiming for. So, yeah, absolutely, and the, yeah, and gonna you know, get a training camp in there as well, which would be good. For strength yeah, training. oh yeah, that's like in there. Yeah, got that one coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that in the Alps with you. Yeah, no, be that'd great. be great. That will yeah. be great. All right, brilliant. Thanks so much, Abe. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.